Welcome to our Rock City Church podcast. We are so excited to have you join us. Our desire is that you would listen with expectancy for what God wants to do in your life. We pray that you would encounter the mighty love of the Father and that you would be fired up for the more that He has for you. All right. So all of us have a cross to bear in our life. All of us. Y'all have a cross. I have a cross. The statement, it's my cross to bear, refers to a burden. It refers to a weight, a struggle, or a trial carried over a long period of time. So have you ever said, that's just my cross to bear? Or has anybody ever said to you, that's just my cross to bear? The challenge is that some of you are carrying crosses you were never meant to bear. And some of you in the midst of a delayed answer and an extended time of weight and pressure and trials and struggles, find yourself wanting to give up or quit. Like Jeremy said, casting off restraint. We don't see the promise. We maybe don't remember the promise or the enemy comes to lie to us. And then what happens is not only maybe do we cast off the weight, but we pick up a different one. And then we carry a different weight. Sometimes there are many crosses that you bear in your life, several different ones. And today what I wanna help you do is figure out what is your cross to bear? Because maybe some of you are carrying things in your heart you're not supposed to be carrying. And there are very clear identifiers. If I can get you to walk out of this service today or after watching this service, remove the weights and the crosses on your life that you're not supposed to carry and to really carry your cross the right way with grace and mercy and rest and peace and help, it doesn't mean that sometimes it doesn't hurt because God even prunes off branches that are bearing good fruit. But God knows what's best for you. The challenge is if we're carrying the wrong cross, we think we're doing what's best for us, even in his name sometimes and you've got no grace. And when you get no grace, you get mad. You get mad at your spouse. You get mad at your friends. You get mad at your job. You get mad at your country. You get, you're just mad. And all the while, you think you're doing the right thing. And sometimes you may be doing the right thing, but it's not the righteous thing. You know God's word your whole life and be dead as a doornail. The cross is an instrument of torture and death used for capital punishment. From a biblical standpoint, Jesus would use, would give his life on the cross and he would be punished for someone else. Guess who that someone else is? Everybody say, me, myself, and I. So Jesus would take your place. He would give his life and receive the punishment for you even though he did nothing wrong and he lived a sinless life. He was not deserving of death, but you and I were. And a lot of people don't understand why Jesus would die on the cross. It becomes a canned Sunday school answer. And if we're Christians, we really need to understand what the real gospel is. The real gospel is, is once I surrender all to him, I'm not condemned anymore. If I don't surrender all to him, I live in a world of condemnation. The Greek word for condemnation is crisis. Crisis, crisis everywhere around. There's a crisis everywhere to be found. <laughs> Jesus didn't come to condemn the world. John chapter three, but that, the, that because the world's already in condemnation, he said. But he came to set the captives free, came to be light, bring life and freedom. But the real tragedy is when we're Christians living in crisis we've experienced what would seem to be very natural earthly crisis, 
but we never gave in to condemnation. The loss of life, the loss of loved ones, the loss of possessions. But whatever happens externally should never bring crisis internally. But it brings crisis internally if you're carrying the wrong cross. If you're carrying a weight and a, and a pressure and a suffering that you're not supposed to carry. And if you are doing that, you need to learn to give it to Jesus because he took it on the cross already. So when he said it's finished, he meant it's finished. It's finished means it's finished. It means now you can enter into rest. But the devil works on overtime to rob that rest and divide us. Let me make a very bold statement. A divided church cannot beat a defeated devil. The devil's already been defeated. But the best thing he can do is pick us off one by one and get us divided. Gossip, anger, frustration, lies, and then what we do is we pick up the, the cross of gossip and it's killing you and there's no grace. The cross of anger and it's killing you and it's no, there's no grace for it. Today, there's two crosses, two crosses. There's a cross of Jesus that gets you to heaven. But there's a cross that we carry that brings heaven to earth. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Where? Where? That's right. Give us this day our what? Daily. How often? Daily. How often? Daily. Most people think that daily bread is God keep giving me my work so I can have food on the table. Even the unrighteous and the wicked have food on their table. This isn't about food on your table. This is about the bread of life that comes down from heaven. This is the manna that was in the desert. You know what manna means? It means what is it? So Jesus is the what is it? Which means he's the answer to every one of your questions. He's the what is it? He's the who is it? He's the how is it? And he's the he did it. He did what you could never do. So if you're eating from the manna, you're getting answers to your questions every day and you're not living in doubt, disbelief, and you're not having an internal crisis. And if you do have an internal crisis, you're giving it back to the cross and he makes an exchange. There's countless examples of the apostles bearing their cross for a much greater purpose. How about Paul with the thorn in his flesh? He pleaded with God multiple times, please God, take this away. And that thorn in the flesh could be a variety of things. And I'll tell you something. If you've ever been persecuted and hated and slandered and you have an accuser that wants to constantly accuse you and tear you down, you ever had that? Well, I have. I've been called all kinds of names for all kinds of reasons. My skin just gets a little thicker and I actually get a little freer because I learned to give it up to him and realize if I'm carrying a cross that God's called me to carry, it doesn't matter what you say. And the faster you can get to it, it doesn't matter what you say, the freer you become. So Paul's thorn in the flesh, what did God say? He says, uh, yeah, I know you want me to take that away, but my grace is sufficient. So Paul had to carry the cross of the thorn in his flesh. But guess what? He got the grace to carry it. You have countless stories of the apostles being beat, slandered, murder plots, lies, all kinds of persecution. In fact, the Bible says that if you just 
desire or live a godly life, you're gonna suffer persecution. The problem is none of us wanna be, suffer persecution. So then we become politically correct and we become religiously correct. But God wants you kingdom correct. That means you're gonna have to understand if God's for you, it doesn't matter and I don't care. You can't hurt a dead man. But if you're not crucified with Christ, you're offended. That which offends you is in you. But Jesus took all your offenses and everyone that got people bring against you on the cross. So why are you picking up somebody else's cross? The more that the apostles carried their cross, this is how this works. The more that we carry our cross and even the more the apostles carried their cross, God would actually show off even more through them in power and love. So the more you die, the more life comes. The more you protect and preserve, the less that you see. But the faster you become like him, the more he uses you to demonstrate himself to the world around you. Jesus made it explicitly clear regarding what the true cost of discipleship would look like. And we talk about this a lot because you can't just live your life as a believer. Yeah, you might make it to heaven, but God has so much more. Everybody say, because there's more. Because there's more. The more starts now. It's not tomorrow. We keep living in the tomorrows, right now. No matter what. No matter what's happening in your life. No matter how much you're manifesting, no matter how dark it seems, God is pulling something out of you. Darkness is only an absence of light. The only way darkness can be revealed is when light comes. And you're manifesting thinking it's all the devil when really it's God coming close to set you free. Luke 9, 23, he said to them all, if anyone desires to come after me, let me pause right there. The first thing God does is puts a desire in you or you wouldn't be here today. So God co-labors and he woos and he draws. He says, nobody can come to the Father, come to me except the Father draw them. Desires a drawing, desires a wooing, desires an enticing. God has this way. Even the atheists and the Satanists inside of them had the image and likeness of God in their DNA. But in Romans 1, it says over time, as you keep suppressing, God hands you over to a reprobate mind. And reprobate mind literally means God yields, says you wanna keep carrying that cross? Guess what? You will carry a cross I never meant for you to carry. And that cross produces sleepless nights, anxiety, depression, gossip, hatred, lying, division, beat down, broke, busted, disgusted. And now you're angry at everything instead of being fired up the way you're supposed to be. And you call yourself a Christian? Socking right between the eyes today. Bam, bam. So if you have a desire, then the first thing that has to happen is the denial of self. You can't even follow Jesus and fulfill the desire until there's a denial. There's gotta be a denial. Every day, denial. Denied, denied. It's a denial, it's a, a red stamp on my flesh. It's a red stamp on my selfish ambition. It's a red stamp on what I want, my needs, and my dreams. That's why Psalm 37 verse four is so important. Delight yourself in the Lord. Let me paraphrase it. I'm paraphrasing the scripture for you. 
if you'll delight yourself in the Lord, every corrupt desire in you, he'll take out and replace. You need a surgery. You need a replacement. You got all kinds of mountains in you. I'm singing the song. Mark's singing so good today. I'm singing the song, band's rocking. Speak to the mountain. And I'm like, oh man, I'm start speaking to that mountain because I can see a, a Himalayan mountain range in front of me in the spirit. And I'm like, I'm speaking to the mountain. God says, oh wait, stop, pause. Why don't you speak to the mountain inside your heart? Because you want to deal with the external mountains, but until you deal with the internal mountain, you're never going to walk in the authority of power to deal with that external mountain. The question is, what are the internal, what's the mountain range in your heart? You got to check yourself before you wreck yourself. Oh, I'm just getting started, folks. I'm just getting started. I'm telling you right now. We're just getting started today. It's gonna, this is going to be real good. Keep on shouting because I'm taking you straight to the cross. Jesus laid his life down. And then he called the James and John who were fishing by the sea to cast their nets down. The net is a very important picture of your career, your life, your wants, your desires, your provision, your family. The net is everything they lived for. It was their provision that put food on the table. And even in noble rights, they were doing it to provide for their family. But until you forsake all means all. It means, hey, I'm gonna give it all to you. When Jesus said, if you follow me, I'll make you fishers of men, that doesn't mean everybody's gonna go be a fisherman. It means now I'm gonna give you a new career, a new vision, a new passion, a new desire to now rescue and heal and bring life to the broken world around you. And now to use your career and your money and everything that you have to save someone else. So now God's calling us to cast our nets down. We have to do the same. You have to say yes when the calling comes because I highly doubt that the disciples were ready and waiting in the moment. Matthew sitting in the tax collector's booth, where's the Messiah, where's the Messiah? No, that's not at all what he was doing. He was corrupt, he was stealing, he was, he was in bondage to the Roman Empire, he was hated by his own countrymen and that's who Jesus picked. It's the very people that so many of you hate. Jesus suddenly showed up on and grabbed them and pulled them out. And they weren't expecting it. But we have to say yes when the calling comes. And we have to deny ourselves. And our desire needs to change. Going after Jesus looks like something and it requires something a complete denial of yourself, your wants, needs, desires, and it requires simple obedience. Everybody say simple obedience. Simple obedience. It's yes, period. That's how fast. Yes, period. Yes, good. yes, period. And it's in every thought and in every decision. It's in every test. It's in every post. It's in every conversation. It's every comment. Because if you're not careful, you're going to pick up a cross you were never meant to bear. And then you're going to be mad that nobody else is bearing it with you because you'll be right and not righteous.
You're never gonna be able to understand any of this if you don't make daily, daily. Go, let's go back to the scripture. There it is. Let him deny himself and take up his cross. How often? Daily. How often? Daily. How often? Daily. daily means daily. So every day, I'm crucified with Christ. Every day, I'm learning to pick up a right cross and not a wrong cross. And we're gonna, I'm gonna show you how you decipher which is a right cross and not a wrong cross. And then you need to understand that the cross that God's got for you may not be the cross God's got for me. And you have clear identifiers. And you get the identifiers through a fruit check. Everybody say, I need a fruit check. Fruit check. It's like, I'm gonna call, name the grocery store, the fruit check grocery store. And every cart's gonna be in the shape of a cross. How's your sleep? What drugs and alcohol are you taking? Are you anxious, depressed, worried? All that stuff is a result of the curse in the garden. And Jesus talked about hearts of men being rocky places and thorns and thistles. Fruit check. Jesus came that you would have peace. He's the Prince of Peace. Life, rest. Now, if some of you are feeling convicted, that's exactly what I want to happen. Is by design. Because some of you need to repent. Because when you're doing what Jesus calls you to do, it doesn't mean it wouldn't be hard. But what Jesus calls you to do never produces that kind of fruit. That's the fruit of darkness. Your life is required to have relationship and intimacy with the Lord every day. Not just on Sundays, not just on Wednesday, but the sad reality is most people are workaholics and you get up early and you go to bed late and Psalm 127 says, that's in vain. Unless the Lord's building your house, you are, you're working for yourself. I'm a, I like paraphrasing scriptures. The word vain means you've wasted your time. You're wasting your time. How many of you would really like to waste the next five years of your life? How many of you would like to waste another minute? How many of you would like to waste the rest of your life? Well, then stop building your house on your own and start letting the Lord build it. Then the scripture goes on to say, it's vain for you to wake up early. I'm sorry, it's vain for, yeah. Sorry, go back. Unless the watchman watched the city, unless the Lord watches the city, your fight for the nation's a waste of time. I just paraphrased it. Let me say it again. Unless the Lord is watching and guarding the city, you're staying awake and wasting your time fighting for your city, watching, looking, waiting, and God's not even there. So what happens when you bear a cross that Jesus didn't call you to bear? Now, there are some crosses Jesus calls you, to be, calls you to bear and people won't like it. You know you can't crucify yourself, right? You can't crucify yourself. God uses other people to crucify you. But once you get crucified, I'm a dead man. My skin gets thicker and I come to the place of simply saying, it doesn't matter what you say about me. It doesn't matter what you think about me. It doesn't matter if you like me. These would be some great things for some of you to say because this is contrary to society standards and norms, but it's the kingdom way. 
Because some of you are so tore up about what other people think about you, your status, your posts, your likes, and you're carrying all these crosses that are bringing persecution that you shouldn't even be fighting that fight. But if it's a God fight, <clears throat> if it's a God fight, you're fighting the right fight. And it produces life and people are getting set free. Now there's a fruit check that says, ah, you're saving people, healing people, busting up demons. You're doing what Jesus did. All of us are under the, great, the commandment of the Great Commission, go into all the world and make disciples. And yet we're fighting all these things and we've got no disciples. Nobody's reproducing themselves. What are we reproducing? Anger and hatred and condemnation? That's from the fall of man. That's Adam's curse. Adam's curse is judgment and condemnation. But the life that Jesus brings, brings healing and reconciliation. You're not gonna understand this or be able to live this or survive if you don't get a daily intimacy time with the Lord and stop being a workaholic. I don't care what you gotta do. Everything's a sacrifice. What do you want? More money, more people, more success and fame or more of the Lord in your life? Because God will cut things out of your life and in the natural it seems like, man, I'm gonna lose money, I'm gonna lose this, I'm gonna lose that. And that's all you think because that's based on fear. And God says, put your trust in me. I, I delight in you, so I'll bring you into a broad place if you'll just trust me. Yeah. It's a trust issue, it's a fear issue. Just as there are two crosses, there's two deaths. The death the true cross brings, which ultimately brings resurrection life, I like that death. And then there's the death from the carnal nature that brings spiritual death. This is, and this is a very deceptive death. Because sometimes you think it's the Lord and it's not the Lord. This is a death that creates incredible pain. This is a death that God never designed for you to live. This is the death that Jesus took on the cross. This is the death that the world wants to put inside of you. God didn't call you to take up that cross. That's not the death God's called you to die. It's very deceptive. Because it, it's people live this life in the name of God with good intentions, yet instead of healing others, it's killing them and killing others. Do you ever feel like you're really doing the right thing and now you're dying on the inside and everyone else is dying and you're spinning out? You may have a song inside of you that would change the world, but what good is it if it kills you along the way? And I'm not talking about suffering persecution for the right, because I'll take persecution all day long. In fact, the Bible, as you mature, you'll understand the more persecuted you become, the more right that you're, the more that you're in his will. And I'm gonna list some things about what we're divided about and some things that persecution is gonna come for you. Sadly, so many of us are bearing a cross that we were never meant to carry. And when you carry a cross that you know, now listen, it's very important that you guys understand this because this is happening in the church. When we carry a cross we were never meant to carry, we carry it alone with no grace for what we are carrying. I know I'm in God's will when I have the supernatural grace of God to do it. Why would there be no grace though? Because Jesus isn't carrying that cross. He's not fighting that fight. I'll fight, fight fights all day long if Jesus is fighting that fight. But if I'm carrying that cross alone, it's brutal. 
And here's what happens. If I pick up a fight and carry a cross that I'm not supposed to fight, I start looking at you to start helping me carry a cross I was never supposed to carry. And when you, I'm talking about spiritual people, not weak, passive people, okay? I'm not talking about that. But if I or Dr. Keith or my wife or Pastor Marlene or any of you start to pick up a fight that is from the Lord and is of God and there's grace on it, we're called to help you. Listen to me. As a Christian, we don't put people on crosses. We help people carry them. You should write that down. But if you're picking up a cross that's not of the Lord, guess what? I ain't touching that. And you know what will happen? You'll get mad. Anger is the first thing because you think you're, you may be right, but you're not righteous. And why aren't you helping me? Now you're going to be mad at the church and you get bitter. Now you get mad because no one's around you. And then we beat up the people we want to help as well as those we think should be helping us carry the cross. Now not only do I get mad, but now I speak against you and now I'm angry. I'm dying and I'm killing you in the process. A divided church cannot beat a defeated devil. Now the cross becomes an instrument of death that we use to crucify others, and all the while it's killing us. The cross is more like an axe. Now the cross becomes a fillet knife, and I'm going to cut you up. You can use God's word and even the cross. You get in a cross fight. We got Christians in cross fights, like a sword fight, to people dueling crosses. Here we go. The church is disunified, and now I'm cutting you up. It's not my job to fix you. It may be my job sometimes to correct you if you'll receive the correction, because that's what fathers do. They bring love and correction, warning, and they break shame. 1 Corinthians chapter 4. The problem is, is we're using the word and we're using the cross. We get angry, and now my cross is an instrument. It's like an axe. And you're hurting people more than helping people. See, because you have to understand that if you're doing that, you're never going to find relief. In fact, you'll be, here's some definers. Anxiety, nervous, stressed, and depressed. Those are some defining factors. And finally, what happens is God will use other people even more to help you die even faster until you get it. But when you get it, ta-da, God has a way. Once you get it, you're like, I'm not taking that bait anymore because I'm already a dead man. The word witness means martyr. It's a walking dead man. I'm a walking dead man. You should be a walking dead woman. And the more you become like him, the more people are going to test to see, they're going to test you to see how dead you are. I'm like, you can't poke me there anymore. And every poke is a trigger. And people are triggering you. Are some of you being triggered by all kinds of situations going on in the world around you? If you are, then you need to die in that area. Every trigger is another opportunity to die. 
See, you have to understand the cross is for us. Let everybody say, the cross is for me. It's not my job to put you on the cross. The world will do good enough at that. It's my job to help you carry yours. Even Jesus needed help carrying his cross, beloved. Listen to me. Even Jesus himself could not make it up the Via della Rosa without somebody helping him. And biblically, those who are strong in their faith are called to help their brethren bear the burdens or their crosses. Burdens, crosses, Romans 15.1. We who are strong, I need strong believers, mature. Now, some of you are sapling little plants just popping out out of the ground. And some of us, after 30 years, are mighty oak trees full of fruit that you can come to at any time and get life. So you need stronger people with you. But we who are strong ought to bear the scruples means the struggles, the challenges, the persecutions, the hardships, the temptations. Now I'm a trench fighter. The kingdom needs trench fighters for one another instead of fighting against each other. And you have to figure out what really matters the most. Is, the, is Jesus fighting this fight or not? And if he's not, and it's producing anxiety, depression, panic attacks, and sleepless nights, and drugs, and drink, and checkouts, you're in the wrong fight. The reason why I help you carry crosses and the reason why I help you carry burdens is because it's not about me. Look at the scripture. It's not, your life's not your own. Your temple's not your own. You now have a, a, a Lord, a headship, a savior, a master, a best friend, a bridegroom, a lion, a prince. It's not to please ourselves. So, so here's the question. How do you know which cross to bear and which one not to bear? It's a good question. First, you have to look at the cross that Jesus bore himself. Look at Jesus's life first, both the how and the why. Ask yourself, study the life of Jesus for yourself. Don't just take my word for it. Learn about the crucifixion. Study the scriptures about what Jesus did. Read Romans 5. Understand condemnation. Understand the gospel. Understand the purpose of the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, and the New Covenant. Understand what the old covenant could not do, the new covenant now does. Understand that you could never measure up, but now because of faith in the blood of Jesus, you don't have to measure up. You're accepted as a son and a daughter. Now, why Jesus bore the cross and how is way more than I can cover on a Sunday morning, but let's stick together for the rest of our lives and God will teach us together. Jesus bore a cross given to him by man, but ordained for a much bigger purpose by God. He would allow himself to be a perfect sacrifice to atone for our sins or to buy us back or to pay the price that we would be reconciled back to God and no longer be orphans. It was his life for another life. It's blood for blood and a perfect sacrifice. He's everything you could never be. So stop trying to be something you were never designed to be. This is the gospel, yeah! yeah. This is the most exciting time to be alive. And yes, there's injustices and atrocities and we should feel the burden and the pain, but we should be lifting up and picking up and bringing life and healing. What if revival was right under our noses and you can't see it? 
I'll give you an example. I made a decision to stand against mandatory vaccinations and I felt like that was a cross I was to bear because I believe it's unbiblical and there are voiceless, hopeless, hurting people that don't know what to say or what to do that are losing their jobs. Now, a lot of people read between the lines and thought or assumed that I was making a stand against vaccinations. And some people want me to take that stand, but God told me that's not the cross you're supposed to bear because I have a lot of close friends that are vaccinated and I'm not out to be divided, I'm out to bring unity. So what was my job? What was I called to do was to stand against anybody being forced to receive a vaccination. And so what happened was, you know, Title VII of the Equal Opportunity Act says that employees can have a religious exemption in the Constitution. So I made a statement that says that if you need a religious exemption, then reach, and you're a part of Rock City, let me know. But it spread viral, and people all over the country and the world were saying, hey, I need a religious exemption. And at first, my first thought was, well, who's your pastor and what church do you go to? And is it really real and authentic? Because I can't be signing forms for people that aren't authentic. And then God convicted me, and through another friend, he revealed something to me. He said, what if everybody that reached out to you from around the world, what if this was an opportunity? And I got to thinking, I'm going to set up some Zoom call stations in my office. And everybody that wants a religious exemption is going to hear the gospel. And now you want a religious exemption because it needs to be authentic and sincere. You don't just get one to get one. So would you like to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior right now? And now all of a sudden, people from all over the world are calling into Corpus Christi, Texas. I know I'm making some people manifest right now, but guess what? I don't care. That's right. That's right. God's not caught off guard and fallen off the throne and going, what just happened? I didn't see that coming. <laughs> see, I know, I, I know when I'm bearing a cross and God says to do it, I prayed about it long in advance. And some of you are talking out of both sides of your mouth and out of your rear end because you don't take time to pray and you've got no intimacy and quiet time with the Lord. And the devil's drawn you right into a fight you were never designed to fight. The pattern of Jesus' life is the pattern of our life. I made a statement about how, listen, I believe Jesus tells us to pay our taxes. But we were never, but somebody came back and said, well, not if there's tyranny. And even the Constitution and the way it was set up was that they work for us, we don't work for them. And so they shouldn't get paid when they're in tyranny. Then they went down this, all the stuff from the founding fathers. I said, that may be right, but sadly, that's not the way it is today. And you think there's, there's already tyranny. So it would, if I stood up and said to y'all, don't pay your taxes, that's not at all the fight that God would tell me to do. And I said, I responded, I said, I think there was probably every bit as much, if not more tyranny in the days of Jesus. And yeah, more tyranny's coming. And if there was a day that tyranny came to the spot where God said, and it was the Lord not to do it, well, we would have to make those decisions individually for ourselves. Which the greatest thing that I can teach all of you is to be spirit-led. 
I have, there's no greater thing. You want to make me the happiest pastor in the world? Learn to hear the voice of the Lord. Stop manifesting in your flesh. Stop acting for, like yourself. Deny yourself. Stop. If you call yourself a Christian, learn to be one and act like one. Hear the voice of the Lord. If we get out of the pattern of Jesus and get into selfish ambition and self-righteousness and following the patterns of this world, we find ourselves being crucified without grace and then we die a much more difficult death. There are many examples of different crosses people are bearing that are not of God today and they're only creating further division and unity in the church. How many of you would like to know what some of those are? Okay, great, I'll give you some. Number one, doctrinal divides. Now, this is, this is one that I used to give into all the time because I was long-haired, wild-eyed, on fire, earrings, baptism of the Holy Ghost. I'm gonna, if you are not filled with the Holy Spirit, I'm gonna make sure you are. And if you are a cessationist, I will not even eat a meal with you. That was how I used to be. As I matured, what I've realized is that this doctrinal divide is not something for me to get angry about. I can let Jesus fight that fight and still love you and have a meal with you. So now I never had unity before. I created division, but now I, cha- I repented and I can actually break bread with all the doctrinal denominations that don't see the way that I do. Because I realize that, honestly, if they don't believe in the full gospel and the power of God and the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the supernatural, they're ignorant. And that will make some of them mad. Hopefully they're not watching, but if they are, it's the truth. It's 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse one. Now concerning the spiritual gifts, my brethren, I don't want you to be ignorant. Ignorant doesn't mean you're stupid. It just means that I don't know. So I'll forgive you because you don't know and I can love you. And I don't think that whether you pray in tongues or, or cast out demons and do all that stuff is the salvation issue. I think they're still saved and going to heaven. Yeah, there's more, but maybe they don't want the more. They haven't seen it for themselves. It's not my job to cram it down your throat. And some of you, if you're being that way, stop. There's a better way. Let God do what God does best. You got to let go and let God. Let's say that. I'm going to let go and I'm going to let God. How about liturgical practices? Man, there's people who called me a cult leader, asked where the snakes were, all because we're praying in tongues and casting out demons and having long worship. How idiotic is that? So the church is divided. Some people think there needs to be no instruments. It all needs to be a cappella. Okay, if that's your preference and style, go for it. I don't understand it, but okay. I'm not going to be divided over that. People think worship needs to be shorter. Preaching needs to be shorter. You don't need to be teaching on this. You don't need to be doing this. Like, hey, listen, guys. Liturgy is the process of how we do services in church. And it's always evolving and changing in this church, by the way, because we're a new wineskin. I don't know what it's all going to look like, but I know it just can't stay looking like it's always looked like. That's why I live my life on the edge. You got to live your life on the edge. You need to be a new wineskin. It means you're flexible instead of being stuck in your ways. Some of you are so stinking stubborn. God wants to put something new in you, but this is the way it's always been. I ain't ain't never changing. And that's why you got to learn to shut off the Facebook, shut off social media, shut off TV, and get alone with God. Because the minute you get alone with God and say, God, please, Lord, I need you, is the minute God says, "I I can deal with that kind of prayer. The minute you genuinely say, it's not my life, but yours, help. Jesus, help. I need you. 
is the minute that God shows up on the scene. But the minute you get stuck in your routine set life and you think you're good when you're not good is the moment you'll never see anymore. You stay the way that you are. And you can't stay the way you are if you're going to go where God's called you to be. Entangling world system issues that Jesus isn't fighting for. Now, there are some issues in the society that Jesus is fighting for, but there's some he is not fighting for. And you're going to have to figure that out for yourself. Ignorant anger at the world system. This is the one that really gets me. Expecting the world to think like you think. That is completely idiotic. They're not even saved. They're not even born again. And you're mad? They're in crisis. Jesus came to set them free from the crisis. Now that doesn't mean I don't become a defender. I'll pick up the cross of saying you never have to be forced for somebody else to put something into you that you do not want inside of you. I'll fight that fight. Because there's voiceless and powerless people out there that need defenders. And I'm not going to be a 1973 pastor. Do you understand? Some of you are like, huh? Roe v. Wade. I'm not going to be that guy, folks. And if you think that I shouldn't be involved or shouldn't get involved in raising my voice against political issues of the day, you're in the wrong church. I love you. The key is that I'm fighting the right fight and I'm doing it the right way. If you listen to my 19-minute video on why I believe mandatory vaccinations are unbiblical, what you should have heard was love, compassion, kindness, gentleness. People say, well, you, need to, you should have been more aggressive against the vaccines. That's not the cross God called me to pick up and fight. So, well, you need to be more like Pastor Greg Locke. I'm like, yeah, no, that's his cross. I have mine and I'm gonna carry mine my way. Stop comparing me to somebody else. And as long as you're carrying the cross that you're supposed to carry and there's grace for it, I, you, I got your back. Dr. Keith had the fight to rescue people out of another country, that, the atrocities in Afghanistan. So I'm gonna back him. I'm gonna pray for him every day. He's rescuing lives. He's got, but I don't have that same cross because I'm not in the, his shoes, but he's carrying the right one. Thank God. You got to find the ones God's calling you to pick up. And I can tell you there's some standard ones in the Bible. Voiceless, orphans, fatherless, widows, the outcast. And when you fight the wrong fight, you just kick and beat down the outcast and you're madder at the ones that Jesus is waiting to come back for. You're beating up the condemned already. They're already condemned. Mark my words. Nobody is good without Jesus. And at the end of the night, everybody's got to live with themselves. At the end of the night, we all shut our door and go to bed. And we have to deal with our own conscience and our own issues alone. And if they don't have Christ, it's breaking them. And in the public eye, they look one way, but behind closed doors, they're another. And eventually their feet are on slippery slopes and you're just pushing them down the slide harder. The body of Christ has a cross to bear for the world. We have a cross to bear for the world. And there are crosses to bear that are of God and there are crosses to bear that aren't of God. So back to my question, how do you know which one is and isn't of God? Well, let me give you some answers. Number one, you've got to learn to be spirit-led. Is this the fight that Jesus is fighting? 
And I base everything on, is it illegal, immoral, unethical, and biblical? And are you being led by the Holy Spirit? Because you can be right and not righteous. And you have to understand that God's out to reach the people that aren't like you. If we don't get pro-choice people and get LGBTQ and married couples and people that don't think the way we think into this church, we've got a problem. We're an echo chamber with a bunch of talking heads. You're like, man, you should, why were you so nice? And it's like, what were you trying to do? I said, I was trying to reach the people that don't think like me. It's what Jesus did. People, man, you wouldn't believe it. The more God uses you, the more persecution you're gonna get. You wouldn't believe the stuff people have been saying about my, my position. I've lost already just because they don't even wanna hear what I have to say. They just, they're just like, well, why are you taking that stand? Vaccines are good for kids. I said, listen, I'm taking a stand against forcing somebody to do it and then making them pay a consequence. And I can pick that cross up all day long. And let me just tell you right now, tons of you have been vaccinated, tons of you haven't. And if you're fighting over vaccines and masks, you're dividing the body of Christ. And I'm gonna make it explicitly clear. And I wanna also tell you something. You need to get people to think for themselves because here's what you're really battling. You're battling a spirit of coercion. And you know what? Everybody's being snake bit. What if God wants to make you like a bronze serpent and put you on a cross and every time somebody looks to you, they get healing? Jesus said it as just like when the bronze serpent was raised up in the desert, in the wilderness today, just like then, the son of man's being lifted up. And if he's inside of you, you're gonna die the same cross. So when people are being snake bit, they should look to you to get healing. And I get it. There's a lot of people have very, very, very real serious issues about vaccines. But I'm gonna make, make this explicitly clear. The church should not be divided over a vaccine. Yeah. Now the church should be educated. So if you have a cross to educate and you're doing it in love and you're stating the facts, I'm all in. I'll listen, watch, I'll read your posts. I'll listen to your podcast. In fact, I'll even take a stand because there are vaccines that are unethical because nobody did the research. And there's way more than when I, 1970. So do your research. Learn both sides and then listen to the voice of the Lord. Get this Holy Spirit inside of you. Listen to the one and only higher power. But crushing the body of Christ because they don't think your way is gonna divide us. And so now by my simple stance of mandatory, now people are like, well, what, what do I really think? Well, I'm glad you asked me privately because I got a lot to say. On both sides of the coin. Both sides. Folks, both sides. Some of my most most beloved, precious, best friends are 100% sure that everybody should get the vaccine. And some of my most beloved, best friends are 100% sure people should never get the vaccine. So what do you do? Cram it down their throats or show them a better way? Hey, did you, listen, Let's talk about this. Did you see this research? Did you see this study? Because as soon as you post one research and study, the devil's a master manipulator. He posts another one against that one. The next thing you know, we're fighting. 
Now, I take a very clear stand against a lot of very hot topic issues of this day, and there are supposed Christians out there that fully believe two men should get married. I 100% do not believe that, and it doesn't mean I'm a homophobe. I'm telling you right now, I can be around gay people anytime, love them. I've had gay people cut my hair. I grew up in a salon with gray people. My mom was a hairdresser. And man, if you're a good hairdresser, you can cut my hair. Hey, I'll love you. I'll preach Jesus while I'm sitting in your chair. You want to gossip? I'll preach the gospel. Wait, there's something there. Some of you don't like that. It's like, man, you, you can't even associate with somebody who doesn't think like you. It's a religious spirit. Oh, I, I already did, counted the cost of this message a long time ago. I counted the cost a long time ago. Count the cost. Is this, the, is this your fight or his fight? That's the next thing I want you to write down. Whose fight is this? So I'm gonna show you in a minute, there's a lot of things God says, leave it to me. Vengeance is mine. Whose fight is it? And like I said, some of you, the cross is like a fillet knife. I'm gonna catch you and I'm gonna cut you. And God says, leave the fillet knife to me. I'll show it to you here in scripture. What matters the most? Let's ask yourself that. Let's say that. What matters the most? Is it principle or is it spiritual? These are two good questions to ask yourself. Am I doing this based on principle, which is, could be right, or based on spiritual, which brings life? Is it principle or is it spiritual? And then finally, am I handling this biblically? Is this biblically based? You know, the Bible calls us to defend those that can't defend themselves. He calls us to stand for truth for the generations to come. He calls us to break the curse of coercion. I'll, break, I'll fight that curse. You're gonna pressure, the society's gonna pressure people. I don't even pressure you to accept Jesus Christ. Yet I know it would change your life, your family, and fix this country. I'll do all I can to educate you, I'll try my best to influence you, but I shouldn't be coerced. In fact, the Bible says don't even give money feeling compelled or coerced. Don't twist people's arm to give money. So there are biblical fights God calls us to, and every day we have to pick our battles. Everybody say, I'm gonna pick my battle by the Holy Spirit. It has to be by his leading. Everything's a test, and you always have to check yourself before you wreck yourself. Stop being quick to speak. Stop saying things you shouldn't be saying. Look at James 1.19. Look at this scripture. I'm gonna show you something really powerful that some of you never even knew was in the Bible. I'm about to teach you something some of you never knew was here. James 1.19. So because of everything that I just preached to you, my beloved brethren, that's Christians, believers, let every man be swift, like extra fast, more than ever before. Swift is all the time rushing to listening and slow. Be like a rabbit or be like the hare to hear and be like the tortoise in how you speak. And slow to what? Why? Look at the next verse, verse 20. Here it is. Some of you didn't even know this was in the Bible. The wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. There is a wrath of man. Some of us are so angry 
And that anger has created bitterness. And now in the name of God, in the name of right, in the name of being noble, and even in the name of truth, what people are getting is the wrath of man and you're not making room for the wrath of God. And now you're not producing any righteousness. Even the wrath of God is designed to produce righteousness. The disciplined don't understand the wrath of God. And I, I recently heard somebody say, well, if the wrath of God is love, then why, why can't I be wrathful? I'm like, yeah, because the wrath of man doesn't produce anything. It just kills people. Here's another great scripture for you. Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 35. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord, and recompense, meaning I'll repay where there's injustice. Their foot shall slip in due time, for the day of their calamity is at hand. And the things to come hasten upon them. I started hearing reports of missionaries in Afghanistan that said, don't take us out. Yeah. Now that blew my mind. Yeah. I, went, I went, wait a minute, I want to be like that. And then I read, I read Revelation 5. I'm like, wait a minute. There's martyrs under the throne saying, God, when? And God says, in the right time. And so you got to see and understand that everybody that does not know Jesus, everyone who does not know Jesus is on a slippery slope and it's just a matter of time. So you got to stop pushing them faster. Let God do what God does best. It's not your job. There are things that are his job. So I state the truth. Now, I'm, I don't have to keep fighting a certain fight if God says, make your statement, make it clear, educate the people. Now go to sleep at night and take, get, get some good sleep. Why are you stressed out? Who cares what they say? I've got all kinds of horrible things said about me. You don't know me. Let's look at the camera. You don't know me. <laughs> but God does, and God knows you. Proverbs 26.4. You're going to really like this one. Don't even answer a fool according to his folly, lest you become like him. Right? Like, that's the story Dr. Keith shared and some others about the donkey, the tiger, that were in a disagreement about the color of the grass. One said it was, the donkey said it was blue and the one said it was green. And then the lion's like, well, it's blue to the other person. And uh, he made a decree and put the tiger in, in timeout. And the tiger was manifesting like, why'd you put me in timeout? You know, the grass is green. He said, I'm putting you in timeout because of the idiocracy of you even fighting about the grass being green. Why did you even waste your breath and your time? There's your scripture. When you bear the cross of a fool, you become a fool yourself. You should write this down. When you become, when you bear the cross of a fool, you become a fool yourself. But when you bear the cross of Jesus, you become a fool for Christ. And everybody said to Paul, you are a fool look at you. You got no real power and you only have power when you show up, but you write these letters. Why don't you show up and show out? He's like, I don't even need to show up and show out. Look at my life. I've already demonstrated to you. And then people are like, man, you are a fool. He says, yeah, 
I'll take up that cross. But when you pick up this cross on this screen, you become a fool yourself. And it's not a fool for Christ. How about this one, Romans 12, 19? Don't even avenge yourself. See, what would you rather have, justice or reconciliation? Are you in a fight with a relative, a friend, a loved one? Did you get in a disagreement? Did something bad happen? And now you feel like an injustice has happened to your life? And then you want to get justice? Recently, that happened between some friends of mine. They got something really bad happened between them. And I got involved and like, well, you need to know the whole story so that when we come into the meeting, you can help us to get justice. I said, well, I'm not gonna come to the meeting because it's never gonna work then. Some of you've had great injustice and all you wanna do is get justice and you're not leaving the justice up to the Lord. That's why there's no reconciliation. I had a lady that used to go here that's so mad about my position, so mad at me that she finally just gave me her laundry list of every single thing she's ever been offended at me about. And it goes back 20 years. And it was hurtful stuff, hurtful stuff. I mean, just hatred towards me. I don't want, even want you in my life. Don't even ever come around. I'm saying goodbye to you. And man, it hurt me. I got it first thing this morning. So I wrote back, I love you. I'm sorry if I ever hurt you. It was never my heart. I hope that you can forgive. And if you would like to have a conversation, I can't do it over text message. But everything in my flesh wanted to fight back. If you answer a fool according to his folly, you become just like the fool. And you know what? If I did something wrong, even if I didn't, and she sees the grass is blue... Guess who gets put in timeout? <laughs> Guess who gets put in timeout? The girl that texts me at 6.15 or me? Because whose mountain has to be moved? And if it's something, if I'm offended, then something in me, what offends you is in you. And there's people in this church gossiping. There's racists in this church. There's dividers in this church. There's people carrying the wrong cross. And guess what? I'm excited. Yes, thank God. Because I don't want an echo chamber. Let's get you healed. Let's get the racism out of you. Let's show you biblically why God is pro-life and not pro-choice when it comes to murder. Because it's not your body. It's not your body. It's another body inside of you. Just slaying some giants today. I'm, I'm almost done. Give me a few more minutes. God does use other people to crucify us, but once you're dead, you can't hurt me anymore. That's what happened today. For a moment at her, I'm like, man, wow, I had no idea she thought that. And then I was like, yeah, well, forgive, I'm gonna forgive her, and Lord, did I, is there, are any of those things true? I asked the Lord, are any of those things true? And the thing is, she saw it different than me. Like, well, here's the funniest, here's one of them, I'll bring it, I'll tell you, Okay. She's like, when Hurricane Harvey hit and your coffee shop was wiped out, I was there every day inside the coffee shop cleaning and you never came in one time to clean your own coffee shop. You know why I never went in one time to clean my own coffee shop? 
because it was full of mold and I have very bad asthma, eosinophilic asthma. If I step foot in, so you know what happened? My brother right here put on a mask and he labored day in and day and night. Are you offended that I didn't go in there? Did you know that I couldn't go in there? So did you cover my back? That's what a Christian does. Hey, she doesn't need to know the whole story. And you know what? If that offended her, I'm like, man, I so much want to say, you don't know me, but you know what? I just said, hey, I forgive you. I'm sorry. You, what's the point? That's the, does, does this matter? Is this a fight worth fighting for? She's in another state. Sometimes you got to take the low road, folks. Jesus took the low road and the, and the world took it as weakness, but really he was full of power. And then he makes a statement nobody can even take. Oh, by the way, just side note in all this, I can just see him. All the world's manifesting. People want to kill him. He, he's about to suffer the worst of the worst. So I go, pause. Let's pause the storyline for a minute. Hey, real quick, disclaimer. Nobody can take my life. But I choose to freely give it. No one has the power. Do people have the power to take your life? Not if you're a walking dead man. You gotta let go and let God. You need to extend love, grace. You can still be firm and speak truth with love, grace, and mercy and compassion. You don't know the whole story. You don't know what they're dealing with at night when they shut the door. People are just mad. Not only do we bear crosses that other people put on us, we can be tempted to create a cross that God never wanted us to create, and we miss God. Our lives are meant to bring life and freedom to others, not condemnation. We need to be like Jesus. Let me give you a great scripture, and then I'm gonna pray for you. Romans chapter eight. I'm sorry, Romans chapter five. I'm gonna leave you with this as you go today. And my hope and my prayer is that I made you really think about every fight, about every post, about every injustice, about everything you say. Because listen, I want freedom fighters, by the way. I don't need a silent church. If we were back in 1973, I'd be telling every single one of you, raise your voice against abortion. And I bet you back then people would have been like, well, pastor, you shouldn't be involved in politics. No, take me back to the future. Or back to the, I don't care, back to the past. Take me back. Oh, take me back to 1973. And you know what? We're not going to have a repeat. It's a new day. I'm a new American pastor, and you're a new American church. Let's stand up for our country. This nation belongs to Christ. Romans 5.18, therefore, through one man's offense, judgment came. Who was the one man? His name was Adam. What was released into all mankind? Look, judgment and condemnation. Are you bringing judgment and condemnation? Or, like Jesus' righteous act, bringing a free gift to all men, resulting in justification? See, when you're justified before Christ, you, it doesn't, I'm justified before him. So I take a stand. 
But my bigger call is not to fight a mandatory vaccine. My biggest call is to preach the gospel and to train and equip the body of Christ. My biggest call is not to end abortion. My biggest call is to transform the hearts and minds and lives of people. Because if, if we can get people transformed, guess what happens? Now they'll start making right choices based on God's leading. There's a better way. Everybody say there's a better way. Next verse. And here it is. Here's the better way, folks. Verse 19. My disobedience could result in the death of others. But if I'm obedient, I can help people to be made righteous. You say, well, that's talking about Jesus. Well, Jesus is inside of me and I'm a son and a co-heir with Christ. So you're accurate reflections. So if you're disobedient, you'll bring death. If you're obedient, you'll bring life. What kind of obedience? What's the first thing you need to be obedient to? Get, shut the flesh down. No, I'm not sneaking around. I'm not clicking around. And even if I did in my past, I'm not condemned for it. And even if you're struggling with pornography right now, you need to know the gospel. The only thing that's going to set you free is the gospel. Yeah. Condemnation and shame is going to kill you. Had a, in that conflict, my friend was like, man, I'm so broken. I'm fasting every day. I'm praying every day and I'm crying and I can't eat and I can't sleep. And I said, dude, you don't even know the gospel. That's what many of you do when you screw up. Where's the razor blade? Yes. So you think your spiritual religious duties is gonna cause God to do something? You think if you fast more and pray more and cry more and go to church more that God's gonna come while you slit your wrist? You don't know the gospel. You can't earn your way back to it. You can only surrender all and receive the love of Christ for your life. Man, Woo. feel the Lord on that. Feel the Lord on that. So uh, why don't you all stay and we're gonna push this platform back and I'm gonna ask my prayer partners to come up. We're gonna pray for you this morning. And if you haven't received prayer, you're hurting, broken, struggling. If I, if I rang your bell... If your bell got rung today, you need to come up for prayer. Let me get my leaders, all my leaders and all my prayer partners to come up here. Quickly, please, quickly. Now you, everyone else, just take a moment, close your eyes for a moment, okay? Because here's the thing, you gotta answer the call if you're supposed to get prayer. Sometimes you need somebody to carry that burden. Sometimes you need to cry. If you are a man and you haven't cried in a long, 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 long time, you're shut down on the inside. There's too many injustices not to cry. You can't be like the Lord and not weep. So just close your eyes for a moment. Now I'm gonna ask you to come up. There's a lot of great sons and daughters and mamas and papas here today. You are not alone. But sometimes you feel alone. But Jesus is always with you when you surrender all to him. Even when you fail and make mistakes. And some of you have failed and made mistakes, but you've got condemnation and shame inside of you. And I want you to look at yourself, look internally now for a moment and ask yourself, am I carrying a cross? I am not supposed to be carrying. That's the first thing. Here's the next thing. Am I carrying a cross and I need help? I can't make it to the top. I need a Simon. I need a helper. 
And that's what we're here for today. So I wanna invite you to come up to the front right now. If you say yes to either of those things, any of those things, if you're depressed, anxious, if you can't sleep at night, if you're having nightmares, if you're hooked on, if you got addictions, come on, that's what we're here for. This is why we do church. How about anger? You've been angry at our nation and at people and apathy. Come on up, guys. This is, your, this is the time to bring healing and comfort. You were never meant to carry that weight. We gotta give it to Jesus on the cross. And if you don't know Jesus and you've, you've just started coming to church or you've fallen away, guys, make the dedication. Recommit your life to him. Surrender all to Christ today. Surrender all to Christ. And just tell somebody when you come up, listen, I feel like I don't even know Jesus. If that's you, get up here. If, you're, if you have bombed it, failed, and you're battling condemnation and shame, get your hiney up here and let somebody pray for you. Don't stay where you're at. You don't need to leave here the same today. If you're sick, that, the cross of sickness, there's no such thing. That's not the cross God called you to carry. Some of you just resolved. Don't resolve. Keep fighting. Keep getting prayer. I'll pray, every, pray all the time against that stuff. Stand firm. Be like the widow against an unjust judge. God's gonna hear you. You are not destined to carry the cross of shame and sickness, hurt and pain. Give it to Jesus today. So God, I just bless this church. I bless all of you. Speak life and health to you. Resilience, be resilient. You're the bright ones. You're the shining ones. You're the light of the world. Light of the world, that's who you are. Never forget who you are. And don't let anybody else define you. Only Jesus defines you. So I bless your life with strength, courage, bravery. Be brave. Be courageous. I bless your life. Receive the blessing. Come on, guys. I'm, this isn't just words. If God put me here, you can receive it. Receive the blessing. Stop living in shame and condemnation. Step into the life and the light that God has destined for you. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this message, please subscribe and share it with your friends. And if you want to partner with us in what God is doing here at Rock City, you can give by visiting our website at rockcitycorpus.com give.